0: This is Law and Wit, episode 30. How to make money as a Content Creator Without Selling Out. Welcome to Law and Wit, Creative Counsel for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brittany Rattel, mother of four, entrepreneur, naptime lawyer, and attorney for creative entrepreneurs. I'm here to share inspiration and action so that you can tackle your business blocks and confidently own your business in every sense of the word. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I know you guys have a choice in your content and what you're listening to, and I know every day that there are more and more podcasts out there. I think that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I love this meeting so much personally. I'm a huge podcast junkie, so I'm glad that there's so much great stuff coming out. Um, I also understand that that means that I have competition every day for your ears, um, and I you know, I try to live in you know the abundant mindset so I don't... Um, think that it's true competition and that like winners and losers and that every time someone else comes out with something even in my same space that that means that it's taken away from me. Um, but just that I, I recognize a reality that you guys have a lot of choices and I'm just grateful for you to be here. So thank you so much to be here. Um, so welcome to 2019. Um, if you're not listening to this at the beginning of the new year. Sorry, not sorry, hashtag, um, but it's the beginning of the new year. There's a lot of energy, um, and I'm really hopeful there's a lot of energy about your business and about what you're going to do with it this year, um, whether you are consider yourself a creative entrepreneur or a content creator or a blogger or an influencer, or you have an e-commerce shop or you're a maker or service provider, or, or some combination thereof. Um, thanks for being here, and I hope that this podcast is serving you well. Is giving you content that helps in your business, helps you be more informed, more empowered, and make the decisions that will move the needle forward. Um, that it's not leaving you, oh, you know, feeling overwhelmed or um, underprepared in any way um, to, to kind of you know face the challenges and the opportunities that are before you um, in this really exciting time to be an entrepreneur and to be um, working for yourself. So with that, um, let's jump into the episode today. Um, after I give a re- shout out to a review, um, I'm gonna try to keep doing this um, and jump on the bandwagon. I used to do this a while ago and then I kind of forgot about it, um, but I do, reviews are so important and I, read every single one of these um, and I know that it's you know it's it's an old drum to beat um to leave a review for a podcast but it really is really helpful to me um and it allows me to share my message um and motivates me and to be working on this um when there are other things that I could be on my business um and this is one of the things that's um that's free that doesn't make me any money but I, I know it's so important so anyway long story long um the reviews are really important to me okay so this one is from um, DBYIG123 so um you know Very, shout out for the creative (laughs) password-esque username. Um, But it uh, says, Brittany is funny and really helps to explain legal jargon. The podcasts um, don't take up a lot of your time. She keeps it brief and concise. It's like listening to a legal friend, so genuine and honest. Um, Thank you so much, DBY. I really appreciate that. And that's exactly exactly what I'm trying to do is to keep it concise and brief so um, in fact my goal with this podcast this year is um, kind of two goals to be more consistent I really want to be good about every single week getting something out to you guys um, even if it's not as polished even if I don't have all the other supporting materials that I'd like to sometimes I have the recording done but I'm waiting on myself, um, for the show notes or the graphics or other stuff. Um, you know, the transcript, all those other pieces, the editing, that's what takes a lot of time. Um, the recording is actually really easy for me and I really enjoy it. It's kind of all the other stuff (laughs) that, um, are not as strong a forte. Um, and no, I have not been savvy enough yet to hire that all out, but I will. Um, but um, also to be brief and concise and to the point. So I'm gonna say my first goal is consistency. My second goal this year um, is brevity. So I really um, want to try to dial it in and make sure that I'm using your time wisely um, and not wasting it in any way. So with that, let's get to the episode. Right after I do my quick disclaimer, okay, while I am a licensed attorney, I am not your attorney unless you want me to be, and we, Work that out, you sign an engagement letter, you give me money, and then hey, I'm your attorney, buddy, buddy. And that's what that looks like. That's not what this is. This is information and educational purposes only today. All right, gotcha. All right, let's go. Okay, um, so today we're talking about how to make money as a content creator without selling out. Okay, and I put this in big air quotes because, first of all, I don't think it's possible for you to sell out <laughs> when it's part of your business. Okay, um, so let's just, uh, ta- you know, tackle that mindset right from the get-go. You're in business, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, but a business, by definition, is here to make money, okay? That's what it does. That's that's the whole thing. That's the whole shtick. Um, there's obviously a lot of under- why's underneath why you're choosing that particular business and what that serves you, your talents and your time and your energy and what you want to contribute to the world. Um, but it needs to make money. Otherwise, um, it's just a hobby. And sometimes, as my husband points out, when I'm not good about um, tracking my time, when I'm working on client work, sometimes I'm not good about t- t- putting my t- client timer on my hours tracker. Um, and he's like, are you billing for that? Because if not, that's just a really crappy hobby. And you're right, because writing a contract or um, getting back to an email about a negotiation on something or a demand letter, that's a pretty crummy hobby. <laughs> like, there, there's a lot of other hobbies in the world that I should be doing if I'm not getting paid. So, um, there's no selling out, okay? Not really, and not how what we're going to talk about today, especially. Okay, so let's talk about um, how to make money as a content creator. Okay, the first is kind of the easiest: advertising. Okay, ads, um, and obviously we've come a long way from the banner ads um, and even the sidebar ads that used to be really prolific on, on blogs. Okay, there's um, ba- you know there's uh, media networks that are that you get paid every time someone clicks on something every time someone buys something um, there's banners that are responsive obviously that target consumers and what they're already looking at and shopping and you've noticed this because you see something on mod cloth and you click on it and you add it as a favorite and then you're browsing around um, on Huffington post you know a couple hours later and the exact same thing pops up in fact <laughs> this is a software tool that my husband used to sell when he worked at Adobe and he's like oh yeah no no they're completely tracking you and that's why they retarget you so um, so these these ads can be super savvy or not, and there's lots of different um, media networks you can work with. Um, I know a lot of people have had um, a good experience with Mediavine as being one of them, um, but you can basically run ads um, and you can make money that way. So that's kind of first, easy, off the table. The second way um, is you can do sponsored posts, okay? And so this is, I'm sure you've seen it. um, And I know I might be preaching to the choir here that if you are in the business of blogging or influence or content creation full-time, I know some of this might seem like old hat. And even some of the mindset work, you're like, no, Deborah, you don't have to tell me that this stuff is important. This is how I pay my mortgage. Um, But I think it's a useful tool for us to just be reminded of the other options out there um, and for us to hear the advice, for example, That we need to diversify our income because if we're relying on just one way that we make our money and one way that people see our stuff and then monetize it, um, we are giving up a lot of power in possibly networks, platforms, algorithms, um, systems that we do not control and we are at the mercy of. Okay. Which, um, if you're a type A person like me, should make you a little nervous. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, sponsored posts. Um, So, this is the kind of, um, classic blogger work where you are working with a brand, um, and you are creating some sort of content and you are doing it in combination and collaboration with someone else and you get paid for that work. It's pure content creation. Um, and then, you know, you work out some sort of arrangement and a deal and agreement with them that it's, um, a certain number of blog posts or one blog post, and maybe it's going to be on some certain platforms or on maybe Instagram and maybe some stories and then maybe something on your blog or a common thereof. There are a lot of different ways, obviously, to slice and dice it. And it changes versus on what's popular and what platforms are doing well and where this brand's audience is. If they're being savvy about... Their um, marketing budget that they're going to be wherever their people are and asking you, hey, um, you know, what can you service? What can you add value? And reach out and tell our story to our followers, to people who are trying to find us and engage with our brand. Okay, um, and I want kind of want to add as I go through all of these are some kind of legal tidbits that you have to that you need to be thinking about um, because I some of you you know might have heard a lot of these tips before, but um, maybe someone didn't talk about some of the business admin slash legal things you should be thinking about. If you are making money this way or wanting to be making money this way. So a sponsored post, the clear one is that um, the FTC, which I've talked about before, Federal um, Trade Commission, um, has made it very clear that you need to make it clear that when you're doing sponsored work, that it is sponsored and people know that there is a relationship between you and the brand. Okay, And you can do this in, um, there's a couple different sanctioned ways, but the biggest thing is that you need to make it clear, you know, it needs to pass the grandma test. If your grandma can understand that when you have a blog post that's talking all about hefty trash bags, that hefty paid you for that. You, you just didn't wake up that morning and you're like, you know what? <laughs> you know what would be great? I'm going to talk about trash bags today. Like, come on. Um, and the thing is, is like, don't be coy about this or be embarrassed or shameful about it or anything else. Um, this is how you make money, okay? And that's totally fine. You should embrace that. And um, it's okay for you to get paid for your amazing work. And having sponsored work is part of that. Um, So don't be upfront. FTC says you you can use the word sponsored or you could do a natural language equivalent. So I usually recommend with my clients just say sponsored just because I think that's shorter and sweeter. You don't have to put the hashtag in front of it. That is a myth. Um, Some people like doing that and they think that's clear and searchable, but you don't have to. Um, What you do have to do is it needs to be Clear and concise. It needs to be above the fold or before the jump. And so on Instagram, you know, that shortens your blog, that shortens your caption. It needs to be in the first three lines, okay? Um, And it needs to be clear that this is sponsored. So I, I usually say, recommend using the words sponsored or ad, okay those are the two that have had complete blessing from the FTC um, other ones that people like to use like brand ambassador or collaboration or you know enthusiast or SP not as clear okay not as clear SP in fact sounds like that you're working for like a sunburn commercial okay it sounds like an SPF ratings to me so don't use those ones okay use the ones that are kosher that have the blessing um, and those are um, sponsored and ad. all right um, and, uh, again, you can use the hashtag symbol or not. Your your call on that. Okay. Um, so that's sponsored posts. The next way you can make money, number three, is you can do affiliate sales. Um, and... This one is another one that a lot of people are familiar with. A lot of people are successfully um, monetizing and have built a, a great sound business around this. Um, and obviously, this works well, especially if you're, you know, have a, a lengthy Amazon affiliate shop, and you're, you know, either that or you have something else that you're, you are getting a big affiliate. Commission on every time people purchase. Um, and that's a good alignment with your brand. So, obviously, that's the kind of the test as you're going through all of these, which what will work is um, what makes sense with what you're talking about. You know, if you're a fly fisherman and that's what your blog is all about, well, what do fly fishermen need? Well, they probably need poles and they probably need waiters and they probably need some good, you know, a uh, good hat and they need some flies and maps and maybe they need, um, you know, travel booking arrangements. I mean, you, know, you just kind of got to put your yourself in the shoes of your readers um, and if they're really into this thing then what else do they need and what are they probably looking for recommendations you know start with that or and or start with stuff that you're familiar with okay The, the brands and products that you already use and love and it would be a natural fit for you to talk about that for you to recommend that for you to have that Um, present in your content. Um, Now affiliate is the same thing as um, sponsored in that there needs to be a a disclosure, okay? And so what this means is that if you're gonna have affiliate links, And it's in a either in a social media post or it's on your blog. It needs to be there. Needs to be a disclosure close to where you're putting the affiliate link. Okay, not buried in some your privacy policy or your website terms and condition that's in your footer that's on a page that no one clicks on except for maybe me because I'm a huge nerd like that and I, I sometimes do click on and I'm curious about what how people are updating their legal documents on their website. Um, so it needs to be, and that's why you've seen people put the little asterisk comment at the top of their page of this page does contain affiliate links, So, which is, um, good. I'd say the best practice is to put it close. You know, if you have a whole page with all kinds of stuff going on, um, and it might be unclear which of those is links, then you can even put a little sign there or say like affiliate link parentheses and then put the link so um, you don't have to disclose how much of a commission you're making. Um, you know, you don't have to go that in depth, but you do need to disclose that you're an affiliate. If you're talking about something, if the reason that you are um, representing or having communication in about a brand is because there is a relationship there that you think that people would want to know, that would make a difference in their buying decision and their weighing out your information that you're sharing, then you need to share, okay? So put yourself in the shoes of a person reading your stuff. If you'd want to know that the whole reason this person is talking about this Disneyland Resort is because they're getting an affiliate link, then you need to disclose, okay? If it would make a difference in how you're weighing out pros and cons, should we stay here, should we not, then you need to disclose, okay? So when in doubt, Disclose all right. I wish there was a cuter phrase than that, but that that's where we're at. Okay um, So again remember those FTC disclosures, so okay, the next one um, is um, number four is online education um, and so this is one that um has developed obviously exploded honestly in the last um, few years that we've seen you know it used to be there was a couple people who had courses and oh you can learn like watercolor or photography and there were some spaces obviously in the creative fields where they were more popular um, but now there's courses you can learn everything from everyone and you're People kind of hold your nose at you if you don't have an online course at this point. So online education is a way um, that you can add a revenue stream, that you can um, make money from something that you're an expert in or that you're good at teaching other people in. Um, Again, recognizing that it doesn't mean that you have to be the best at what you do or even, you know... um, I guess expert is a little bit of a misnomer in your area. In fact, there's some research um, to show and some, you know, anecdotal evidence that people who are good teachers or something are people who are only, you know, only a few steps ahead and that they're they still remember what it was like not to have the knowledge that they have, okay? I would put uh, an asterisk on that, someone like an attorney. <laughs> I don't know if um, it would be the greatest, you know, uh, it'd be great for a person who's taking a you know, first semester of law school to be teaching about this stuff. So um, maybe that that's not true in all subject matters. Um, but certainly if someone is so, So far down the path of expertise in their art that they forget what it's like not, you know, to be teaching it. Um, If they're not a good teacher, then probably online education is not a good fit for you. Okay. Um, So online education, obviously, there's a million platforms you can get into. um, But that's a great way to diversify your income. The um, next one, so I think that's, we're on number six, is service-based business. So this is your um, classic you know, one-on-one or one-to-many um, service base that you're making money. Um, and obviously, a lot of these things can be booked online or completely done online. There doesn't have to be an in-person element so that you're not restricted geographically to where you are or where you might be located. Um, so this is your coaches and your consultants, um, your people who run masterminds or people who run small groups group, coaching, um, all of that I would put into, uh, or any other service-based business that you can do online. So being a social media manager or a VA or You know, brand manager or brand consulting or, you know, interior e design, all of that kind of stuff, a service based business. So, um, you know, try to be creative there in terms of what is something that you can do for clients or are doing for clients or what are ways you can spin that um, that you maybe move that to a digital platform or you move that from a one to one to a one to many um, that you can scale a little bit and make a little more bang for your buck. Okay, our next one um, is in-person events. So this is another way that people monetize. Um, and I think most people... Are- a lot of these are most successful again, when they diversify, when they couple, um, a couple of these, not saying that they have to do all of them start at once. I don't know if I'd recommend that. Um, but certainly we, like we talked about, it's good not to have all your eggs in one basket. Okay. Cause in-person events, um, can be tricky and they're, uh, really time consuming and they're really stressful. Honestly, um, as someone who has had, um, a, a couple, a few clients who they do a lot of in-person events and that's their big shtick. Um, and you know, they're amazing and it's Cool to have all the, that energy there, but there's so much work on the back end. If you've never had to run an event um, and do all the planning, and then there's always something that goes wrong, there's um, people who cancel or get late, or the food's not there on time, or you didn't have enough vegan options, or whatever, ever. It, it happens. Okay. So, um, and so, oh, um, and I was going to, I forgot to, let's uh, talk about the legal things from the last few. Um, so, online education, the legal aspect that I want you to think about there um, is that we need to have. Um, Uh, you need to protect your content. Okay. So I know I've done, um, I've talked about that in a few other episodes about what to do if people rip off your content. That's obviously a huge concern with online education because your content is your whole shtick. So make sure if you're doing that, that you have some really solid um, terms of for your, for people when people are taking your course. So you have course terms and outline what people can do with their information and what they can't. Make sure you let people know that they can't share their login if that's not cool with you, which I'm assuming it's not. um, And what they can do with information in the course, you know, are there parts that they can share, which parts, um, and what are the ramifications, um, if they break that contract? Okay. For service page business, um, what you're going to want there is probably some uh, really solid client uh, contract. Okay. Um, and these are ones that because I do it so often, I actually sell these in my shop, CreativeContracts.co. So for that, um, you're probably going to be hired as an independent contractor providing some sort of service for someone. So a good client service agreement will be your best friend and will keep you out of a lot of headaches. Um in-person events, um, the most common legal issues are you want to have a good, solid event waiver. So when people sign up to buy their tickets, you want to make sure that that's something that's part of the checkout process and or printed on the physical ticket. Um, I'd say for most people, since you're probably using a third-party software service that's you know checking people in or doing e-tickets or something, um, having that part of the checkout procedure and letting people know um, that you know especially if you're having any kind of health or wellness if people are eating if they're doing games if they're doing outdoorsy activities that higher, you know that elevate your risk and exposure to things going wrong and people getting upset then you definitely want to make sure you have some solid waivers for that um And then the other thing is that if you are going to be recording at the event, if you want to have, you know, photography and videography going on and and we're going to want to use that for marketing, um, then make sure you have as part of the uh, checkout process as well, a waiver that people have said it's okay for you to be taking pictures that identify them. If you're doing a big picture where you can't really see who it is, like if it's the back of someone's head, um, you know, and you're looking up at a speaker, that's fine. But if you can personally identify someone, then you need to have their permission. You need to have like that model likeness, you know, photography waiver form that's that's signed by them that says it's okay for you to use their picture before you put like front and center HD, you know, 4K of their photo on your webpage. You know say so and so went to our sexual dysfunction clinic (laughs) you know you can imagine especially if you're in a more sensitive area um, of some sort of event where you think people might have a problem um, having it publicly known that they were attending or getting that kind of help um, especially especially make sure that that is locked down that that is not left up to chance okay um so that's for in-person events okay the next one is digital products um so this is our eBooks, our stock content, music, or photos, or graphics, or um, these are our templates or swipe files. These are things that help people do what they do, and you just provide it completely online digital product, um, and it's great because there's no fulfillment, no shipping, no warehouse and inventory and all of that um, ruckus. Um, you just get to do it purely online. So again, similar to the online education piece, your probably big issue here that you're concerned about is want to make sure that your stuff is protected. So here. Um, you're going to want to explore copyright registration and what of your stuff um, might be eligible for registration and what should you probably register so that if and when um, because it's probably gonna be when I'm sorry (laughs) someone takes it that you can actually do something about it that your threats have some meat and you can go after and say hey knock that off Um, please stop stealing my stuff and here's why and here's my lovely little demand letter telling you why you need to stop that Um, so uh, so having a good, uh, you know, exploring copyright registration, um, again, having that website terms of use or terms of service is really important here, wherever people are accessing this, make it very clear. How they can use these files. Um, This is really important. If you're providing some sort of stock content, like I said, like stock photos or stock music, um, you're going to want a good user license agreement. So you're going to want to make it really clear what people can do with their stuff and what's the difference between downloading and using it for personal use versus commercial use. Is there a limit to downloads or in what formats they can use it for or for broadcast or synchronization? Um, You know, you can get down the rabbit hole there with user um, licenses. But if any of you have you know wandered on um, a stock uh, website and tried to read over those licenses and try to figure out what you need it can sometimes be a little tricky Um, so this is one definitely worth hire an attorney uh, someone like me or someone else, um, that will give you some guidance there about what, um, what to make sure, uh, that people are downloading, that they're doing the right thing. So, um, and that's kind of goes the same with templates and swipe files. So those are probably the main issues that I see are the most common ones that you want to make sure so that you're taking care of in protecting your stuff. Um, the last one is, uh, physical products. Okay. Um, and with physical products, your main, um, your main legal issues that you're probably dealing with there are product liability, um, which you just want to make sure that you um, know where your stuff is made um, and what it purports to do, that it's safe, um, that if it's claiming to be um, free of something or, you know, health or organic or anything, especially anything in the health and wellness sphere. Um, that you can back up those claims, um, you want to be careful about, uh, results, you know, if you're saying that your product does something or cures something, um, that you're making it very clear that, um, it's not a statement that's been evaluated by the FDA, that this is not medicine, that you're not diagnosing anything, um, you know, all of that legal mumble-jumble you see that's, um, you know, CYA, which, you know, when it's your turn, you want, you want your eggs, you know, covered, guys, (laughs) you really do, um, so look out for product liability um, and also look out for trademark issues. So um, here, if you have developed a product that you love and the name is meaningful to you um, and it's a big part of the brand and you've put money and are planning on building money around um, this brand, then you probably need to want to uh, look at trademark. Um, and this is something you can look at at some of the other um Uh, areas too. Certainly you can still do it in online education or digital courses or service-based business. And I've done trademarks for people in all those categories. Um, But I think especially in physical products, people, um, you know, really want to develop a product name um, or, you know, uh, either that's a particular product line or the name of the whole brand um, that has physical products and make sure that that's something they can really protect and lock down and they don't want to see it be used by someone in the same space okay um and what's great is once you've registered and have a successful a real legit trademark um you can uh register with the amazon brand registry so you can stop people from selling on amazon you can register it at u.s customs uh, a trade and at the border and you can actually have them search and seize goods and stop them from getting into the country at the border which is awesome to think that there's some minions at the border working for you um And, again, you can stop people. You can, you know, sue them for infringement and say, stop, cease, desist, all the things. um, And they actually have to listen to you or pay a buttload of money. Um, So it really gives you a lot of uh, really cool perks and powers um, that allow you to stop people from doing uh, bad things and ripping you off. So. Trademarks is definitely one you want to put on your list for physical products. So, um, and then again, making sure that as if you're especially if you're selling online, that you have your privacy policy, you have your website terms, those two legal docs, that website bundle that I talk about all the time because, guys, you just need it. Okay. It's 2019. You need it. Okay. If you don't have one, or if you think yours is total crap and you're not sure who put it up or what it says or was copied and pasted from another website and you're not sure if it's up to snuff, then um, go on creativecontracts.co and buy it. Buy it now, buy it yesterday, put it on your site, be done, okay, check that off your list. All right, okay, um, so now we've kinda of walked through um, these 10 different ways to make money as a content creator. Um, so let's talk about the mindset behind this stuff, okay? So you know how do you, if you are looking to monetize, if you started monetizing but you still have some blocks about it, you still feel slimy, you still feel like you're selling out, um, how are we going to address that? And my big advice here um, is to look for balance, okay? Um, So a lot of people in the industry, a lot of experts say that kind of look for somewhere between like an 80-20, at most a 70-30 split in your content, meaning 80% of your stuff is valuable, is free. You're not shilling anything. You are just solving your people's problems, okay? Or whatever it is that you do, and that's why people show up, and hopefully you should know what that is, or you've delved and done the work to figure out what that is, what value you're providing. That's what you're 80% of the time you should be doing. 20% of the time you could be selling, okay? You could be doing sponsored work or selling, either selling your stuff or selling for someone else, okay? Maybe at most 30%, but I would not go more than that, okay? And the other reality that you need to, uh, that you really need to wrap your head around is that. Um, if you are planning on building your content creation from scratch, knowing that you want to monetize. okay, And in this day and age, I would probably say if you're starting now, um, not that blogging is dead, but it's a different game now than if you just happen to have a cute, you know, the boy and me blog, you know, their purple fritter and crayon from 10 years ago, and it rolled into monetize. If you're starting today, you know what the game is now. um, And you should be careful that you are providing and over-providing and surprising, delighting with value and value and more value, and then start asking for people to support um, and buy and do other things, okay? If you start out right from the gate and are just trying to sell stuff and shill stuff, um, people are not going to like that, okay? Because we have a a savvier audience, okay? It's a different landscape now than it was before, um, and you need to be aware of that and you need to be aware that people have a lot of choices and where to get stuff and they've wisened up and they know how the system works. Um, and so you need to make sure that you are delivering value um, and then they will keep coming up and they'll, you'll have that trust build up. And so then when you ask them to support some other stuff or check something out or to follow a swipe up, then they'll trust you and they'll do it. Okay. Um, know that this stuff takes time, you know, building up that trust with an audience. And so be, have good, sustainable content, keep on showing up, be consistent. Um, And, you know, make sure that when you do work with someone else, when you make and reach out, do that kind of partnership, make sure that it makes sense for your brand. You know, if you're a vegan blogger, then um, you probably don't want to be selling leather bags, okay? <laughs> I know that seems like a dumb one to say, of like, of course not. But um, but you know, you see some really funny, odd partnerships sometimes. You're online and you're like, really? You know, you talk about sending your kids to like Montessori, and you're like grounding up beets, you know, in your home apothecary jar, and then I see you know an ad for McDonald's, and guess what? You know, I like McDonald's fries. I'm with Jim Gaffigan on this. Like, I will not be shamed for my for liking McDonald's because. I, I have a hard time believing that, you know, you can make a fry as good as McDonald's does. Um, but if it's not a good fit for your brand um, and, you know, if it feels weird from the get-go, then you should probably listen to your gut, even if they're paying you a lot of money. Now, now you know, I understand everyone's got to keep the lights on and pay a mortgage and, you know, uh, flattery, don't charge these battery civilian, um, as they say in Wreck-It Ralph. But um, just be careful and thoughtful about that. And again, when you've diversified your income and put other little floaters out in terms of where you're making your money, you won't find yourself in a spot where you need to depend on one brand or one gig coming through or one collaboration, okay? If you're not so hungry and so desperate, not only will you not have, you know, quota breath, desperation breath, which people can smell, it's a real thing and it doesn't smell good, um, but you'll have the power to be like, you know what, this is not a good fit. Thanks for reaching out, but, um, it's it's not going to work right now. I just don't think it's a, it's a natural fit for me, okay? You don't have to be Biachi about it um just be real. So okay, my other tip here um is that um you know, like I said, be honest and upfront when you're working with other brands, especially if it's, you know, more in the advertising, sponsored post, affiliate sales um don't be coy. Don't be cute. Don't about that. This is sponsored work. Um, I love what live free Miranda, um, my friend Miranda Anderson has written about this and she has a, a really great blog post. That's all about sponsored content, um, where she kind of explains, kind of takes people behind the curtain because she does this kind of work. Um, and, uh, I'll link it in the show notes, but she says, um, you know, she always asks what value does this add to my reader when she's doing sponsored work? Um, and she says, so if you never buy that herbal tea dress or new rug, um, that you still shared something else of importance in the post for someone to enjoy. And her example she gives is like, you know, she'll talk about something, but then she'll give a recipe that uses it. You know, she'll ask for what other value can I add to my people, um, and to make sure that they're still getting something out of it. That I'm not just, oh, here we go, here's a pretty picture. That doesn't that change your day? Because honestly maybe it does but maybe it doesn't maybe you can you can delve you know dig deeper for a little bit more than that so Um, And the other thing she talked about here was, um, you know, how do you get that fear of selling out? And I love this. She says, try to flip the narrative, you know, that um, pretend that you are at some swanky art exhibition, okay? You know, like really cool lighting and fancy hors d'oeuvres that you're not even sure if they taste good, but like, man, do they look amazing. You know, it's probably like some of those really great um, vertical food that, you know, that you're not sure exactly how you're supposed to eat it or topple it over, but you're really (laughs) impressed. I always think of David Sedaris here, so... Um, and you see all this cool artwork plastered around this studio. And then across a couple of these pieces, you see some sold stickers on them. That's amazing. You should be so glad, okay? And pretend like this is, you know, this is the analogy here, that this is your friend who's a content creator or someone that you follow. And these are all of her work. And on um, yeah, a couple of them, they have sold stickers you know the great response for you to be would be for you to be happy for her you should support her you should be excited that she has found a way to make some money from something that she likes from her art from her stuff from her talents and her gifts whatever those may be okay um, what's kind of a crappy thing to do is for you to turn up your nose at it and be like oh my gosh I can't believe she is selling that like I can't believe she's out there like actually like making money and putting like You know, exchanging it. You know, she's getting dollars and they're getting artwork. How lowbrow. I mean, come on, people. You know, we all have to eat, okay? Yeah, we compliments don't pay our bills and so um it's you know we got to accept the realities that as much as it's cool to be authentic and share value and you know be real um we also need to find ways that we can make money um and especially when people have invested so much time and energy into putting out good content and if you're a content creator I know I'm preaching to the choir that you know exactly how much time and energy it is, you know, YouTube videos and blog posts and styled gigs, and they all take an incredible amount of time and work. Okay. especially because we know time is money, um, that you should support your stuff. A, you shouldn't be afraid of your own stuff and putting that out into the world. And B, you shouldn't be a, a stickler and holding your nose about other people's good work. And when they have the confidence and when they've researched and find that it's a good fit for them and they put that out into the world good for them okay that's what i say hashtag good for them you should support it you should like their post you should comment okay because we all know how much of a bummer it is when you do a sponsored post and your engagement plummets because people don't answer the question or they don't want to talk about it or worse here's the worst all they do is rag on the brand or put some negative you know comment in there of like "Mm, yeah i tried one of their things it was awful Okay. would you say that, you know, if someone was wearing a T-shirt and just, you know, you didn't like the T-shirt, would you come up to them and be like, I hate that T-shirt? that t-shirt sucks, okay? That's just poor taste, okay? It may be that that t-shirt sucks. That's fine. That's your opinion. That might be your truth, okay? But I'm just saying, is this a great forum? Is that a really emotionally mature reaction for you to do is to just go on someone's post and to say that, you know? If you really have a problem or some legitimate questions for somebody, then you can DM them. Make them private, okay? But please don't lambast them. Don't embarrass or shame or flame people or go on Reddit or other those awful groups where they talk about bloggers and That's what they do with their life. It's just a rag on other people because they don't have anything going on. I mean, it's just pathetic. Honestly, it's pathetic. Okay. All right. Um, So... Those are my thoughts on this. I know that was a lot of thoughts, Um, but I'm just going to quickly go down my list again so that if you um, are somewhere else and you're going to be like, wait, what was Brittany talking about? What was the point here? Here are some of the ways, and I know this is not an exhaustive list. I will give that disclaimer, but these are the ones that I see most often in my clients. I see them in friends who are in this space, Um, and a lot of them, like I said, are doing a healthy combination or have started out in one and then diversified their brand into a few of them, which I think is a really great move because we all know that things change quickly okay platforms and algorithms and systems and user tastes and what people are buying and wearing and you know it's not all chalkboard and chevron print like it was 10 years ago and in 10 years it's going to be something else or people are going to be talking and clamoring for something else and when you're nimble and when you've got feelers out in a couple different baskets um you're in a better position to pivot the way that you want to and keep your brand alive and thriving and making you money honey okay All right. So let's go through our 10 again. One, advertising. Two, sponsored posts. Three, affiliate sales. Four, online education. Five, service-based business. That's coaching and consulting and other one-on-one or one-to-many work. Six, in-person events. Seven, digital products. Um, And eight are physical products, okay? So those are the ones that I came up with. And obviously, there's some that kind of go back and forth in between it. So um, I hope this list has helped you think about some ways that either you want to expand your business or ways um, in which you want to um, develop and think about, um, you know, increasing your income and increasing your opportunities to monetize and build the business that you want. Um, including, you know, like a spoonful of sugar, some legal tips that you may want to keep in the back of your mind as you're considering this. Um, overarching, I want to remind you guys that, um, as you're building your brand to think about copyrights and trademarks and in your intellectual property because um, those are ones that really could go with pretty much all of this um, can be used in some form or another to protect your brand protect what you've made um, and especially when it's now bringing you money to make sure that it's locked down um, and as protected as it can be from people taking it and then using it against you or cutting into your bottom line so hopefully that's been helpful to you I'm gonna remind you of some uh, other free resources is that if you are not on my newsletter, um, you can subscribe to that by going to brittneyratelcom slash newsletter. And I have a free legal checklist for you. Um, so if you haven't looked that over or if 2019 is the year for you that you want to get some of this stuff taken care of with your business, if you want to lock some stuff down and really make progress on some of those legal tasks, which you know have been gnawing at you, you know that it's time for you to get legit, you feel that, you hear that Jiminy Cricket voice, then let's take some action and make it happen, okay? Go get that checklist, read it over, and then if you'd like some help with it, make instead a phone call appointment with me, okay? You'll find my calendars at my website, BrittanyRattel.com. I do 20 minute free phone calls, so it's okay. You jump on the phone with me um you talk about business we talk about where you're at and where we where you want to go and what things we need to do um so that legal is supporting you and helping you get there okay and not getting in your way all right that's what i'm about is I don't want to burst your bubble. I don't want to be a fun sucker. I don't want to be a drain on your bottom line. Um, And so I don't believe in surprise bills. I don't believe in charging you for things you don't need. Um, I will give it to you straight. And I also won't shame you if you haven't taken the steps that you probably should have, okay? A lot of times I get on the phone with people and they're like, I know I didn't do it right or I know I should have done better. You're going to be mad at me. You're going to be mad at me. You're going to be mad at me. Okay, I hear that a lot. Guess what? I have never been mad at anyone I've talked to on the phone, okay, not a one. And I'm not gonna be mad because I understand that this stuff is hard. And it can seem overwhelming. I get it. I totally get it. Okay. And I have been in your shoes. I have been starting out in a new business. And guess what? Law school did not prepare me to open up my own LLC and to run an online business. It didn't. (laughs) I had to learn that stuff all on my own. So, um, you know, I knew some of the legal stuff, but you know, how it applies to modern business—that is all brand new. You know, how do you do set up legal documents on your website? I didn't learn that in law school, guys. Okay. I had to learn that all afterwards. So, um, I totally get. It so, and I want to help you so that you can get this stuff done. Okay, I'm not going to shame you or judge you or think that you're stupid um, or that you're just not good at this stuff because you didn't get it already. Because we don't know what we don't know, all right. And if legal and the business side of your business is not what you've been doing, but you've been making money guess what? That's amazing because we all need to make money. Okay. If you're not making money in your business, then it doesn't really matter um, what all the other things that have, have happened and taken in place. Okay. So that's, that's your plug to, not be afraid. Okay. And don't let that be a, the reason why you're not moving forward with things that you want to move forward with is because, um, you don't know how, or you think that someone's going to take your stuff or take your idea. Okay. Because the worst thing that can happen is that you're so afraid that you don't put your great thing out into the world and then the world suffers and we don't get to see it and we don't get to have it to solve our problems and to give us value. So don't, don't do that, please. Don't do that. Okay, And the other free resource um, that I want to talk about is, um, besides um, talking with me, phone consult, and getting a newsletter, is uh, to join me on Instagram. Um, So if you're not following me there, I'm Brittany Rattel, and I'm always giving out... Great tips, uh, funny tips, and then I'm also starting up my legal lives again. So I try to do those on Tuesday nights, barring um, you know family activities or whatnot. But I try to hop on um, around 8:30 Pacific time. And if you haven't been on one of those before, they're super, they're they're super fun. Um, and I open those up to question. And so. Um, people can send in questions beforehand or if not uh, if I don't have any beforehand then it's completely open mic night so whoever jumps on and has a question about their business then I will answer it for you if I can so um, those are a lot of fun and a great way to get a quick um, question and answer to something that maybe has been bugging you about your creative business so Okay. Hey, those are some tools for you. Um, please go forth, use them, abuse them. Um, not, not like abuse, but you know what I mean? It's, it's pithy. So I had to say it. Um, and I wish you all the best and please join me next week. Um, and we'll talk about, I've got some amazing interviews that are in my library that are in my canned, um, that I was able to do. And, um, we're going to get those out to you so that you've got the stories that you have, uh, founder stories that go along with all this great business tools that you're building in your business. So, Thanks so much for being here and have a fantastic week.